Hey everybody, welcome to Pale in Comparison, a proud member of the Doof Network. In this podcast, my sister uses her knowledge of the otherverse to take a look at Pact, Wildbo's least chill work, and I try to not give away any spoilers. I'm Jenny, and Malia convinced me to read Worm. I'm Malia, and Jenny convinced me to read everything else. This episode, we are covering Histories, Arc 14. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to issue a spoiler warning. This podcast is filled with pale spoilers. If you don't know what makes Charles a big sloppy dick, not in the fun way, and don't want us to tell you, stop now, read Pale, and come back to this podcast. As for Pact, there will be full spoilers to the chapters we are covering. Okay, before we go on, <laughs> what would make Charles a big sloppy dick in a fun way? I don't know, ask Mal. I mean, that's fair, but like, <laughs> but, but <laughs> the way you said that seemed like it should be universal. <laughs> I guess, I mean, I guess. I guess that is what she said, but like, but just the way you said that, I was like, yeah, not in the fun way, guys. But not like, in the fun way. yeah, in like the the bad way. Some people like big dicks, and big sloppy dicks might be something that some people like. Uh, from Charles, um, who wants no. Charles's big sloppy dick? <laughs> no one. There you go. My point exactly. <laughs> okay, <laughs> maybe someone did once, but that was. Oh, Seth. A long time ago. There we go. That's Seth one. wanted Charles' big sloppy dick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's probably one. Probably one. We've had some people want other people's dicks. Like, <laughs> what's-his-face wanted Alexander's dick, right? Easton and Musser, I think. That's the one. Easton. He's like, I would gladly, like, go da- down like a fucking animal or whatever he said, you know? And not in a gay way. <laughs> not in a gay way, but just in a mutual respect for as a human being. <laughs> Just, just wanted, <laughs> just in the mood for sausage tonight, and just, you know, wanted to, wanted to appreciate, pay my respects, the male form, as a male who knows the form best, and it's not a gay thing. Yeah, but actually, as, well, Easton probably. I'm like, is Easton a homophobe? I, don't I think, think he said does. like, if I was a woman or if I was a girl, I'd totally do. That's this. right. So, That's right. Okay. Yes. Except, I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. It's fine. I just, yeah. Well, but anyway, I mean, we've got some big sloppy dick love in this in this book, but not for Charles. So Not for Charles. He's all alone in the corner, you know, doing whatever mm-hmm. he's doing. Mm-hmm. And that's as far as I probably should go with that. So, it's <laughs> um, my very short summary, although I'll talk more as we go through. But this is a face-all interlude and... I mean, it's not. A, I guess there's some Johann- Johannes it's in there as well. Johannes. You're right. There's also Johannes. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we learn things. We learn stuff. <sighs> what do you think of these chapters or this chapter? That's what I should probably say. This chapter, right. right? Um, it was gratifying, and it's funny. Like Pale's chapters continue to slowly get longer and longer. And so mm-hmm. reading this one, I was like, I As need is more. Tradition. Like, I, I need, like, I want so much more um, information just mm-hmm. because, like, yeah, I've been used to getting, like, really meaty Wild Boat chapters. Um, but it was great. It was about the domain ritual. It was about the meeting. Um, we know how he lost his eye. Bank hit all the high points. All the high points, all the low points. <laughs> all the points mm-hmm. it was good good stuff all right um yeah probably should have asked if you like how i wrote 
all this, but uh, I'm assuming you read it. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. So we'll start. Faisal reminisces on his adolescence. He thinks about his purpose and how everything will come to an end. Um, yeah, I just, I find Faisal really hard to understand. Um, I don't know if you agree. I think it's hard to wrap my mind around a being that just is or whatever. And Mm -hmm. it's like how much of this is accurate and how much of it is self-delusion and like how much of it matters. There's, um, I'm going to talk about Star Trek again. Um, So (laughs) Data in The Next Generation is an android. And so he talks a lot about how he he doesn't have emotions. And so he doesn't really feel things, right? But -hmm. having a character in a show for seven seasons, like, never have, like, desires, question mark, and never have, like, certain... You know, never feel like hurt or betrayed, like never have any of these things is like boring as fuck Mm -hmm. um, and not relatable and not interesting, probably. Mm -hmm. So Star Trek really like Data has fucking feelings and like Mm -hmm. they might not be the same, but they exist. Yeah. Um, And so face all here being like everything will end and that's just how it is. And I, I don't care. But then like, obviously you do because you're doing so much. You're doing you're doing the most, Faisal. Yeah. But then, if I think about Faisal like a computer program, right? Like in like something designed to execute, then like that maybe makes more sense with what Faisal is or mm-hmm. what he he claims to be. Um, like I am programmed to do this one thing, and since like I'm programmed to create, and since creating isn't really happening now, um my program is altered and now I'm just programmed to like stave off destruction and change Mm -hmm. as much as I can. And like, I know that one day my programming will like fail and Ragnarok style. We, I will die. Um, or it's (laughs) not cool. It's just, it is, it just is. is. But also like, and maybe right. So like, I've been thinking a lot about AI and stuff recently because it's really, I mean, it's kind of in the, the zeitgeist and with lawyers, there's a lot of talk of like, will AI replace us and people mm. claiming to be able to use their AI to like win court cases, which is not allowed. That and seems probably crazy. a dumb um, decision at this point. Yeah, it seems like a bad. I mean, like the chat. <laughs> what, what is it? Chat GPT, GPT is pretty cool, but like it's got a little bit of kinks to iron Right. Out. But I feel like. Re- like over the past six months or whatever the ai has like really like leaps and bounds come a long way and maybe that's just that i wasn't paying attention and now i am more because ben's really fascinated by it but ai and johannes and no face all so right so there's there's like a thought that if you program an ai to produce paper clips that it will destroy the universe to produce paper clips right <laughs> that it like that it will like like do everything it can to turn everything into a paper clip um if it's like whatever powerful enough. And so like face all thinking I must stop, like I must do all that I can to stave off this inevitable destruction. And therefore I'm going to do this crazy thing where I like team up with a demon and send a town into the abyss because it will like, like stop the demon better than Mm -hmm. how the humans are currently doing it. Like, I guess I can see that from a like AI. I am here to make paper clips. Like I am, I am here to make paper clips. Sort of 
right, like thinking. Um, mm-hmm. But it seems like totally bananas to be like, I and Angel am going to like condemn a bunch of people to horrible damnation torture. But it makes his process like easier, Malia. Helps him well, it- do what he wants. I'm being sarcastic. Well, it's like for this demon, right? Like if he's right, like this will more effectively bind Barbatorum than like practitioners have been doing, particularly the Thorburns who are currently trying to end their family line, which is interesting. Like what is Grandma Rose's plan in terms of Barbatorum if the bindings unravel or something, if there's no longer a Thorburn practitioner or something? Um, I guess just eventually they'd weaken enough and there'd be no one there to, I don't know. Anyway, I don't quite understand Faisal and how much I should, not even should, like, how do I approach this character? Is it useful or valid or something to say, like, fuck you, Faisal, you're totally full of shit and you're completely, like, your desire, your, like, compulsion to, like, stop the demons has, like, twisted and warped you into this, like, horribly utilitarian mm-hmm. being but also it's fucking pointless because you're gonna lose so what's the goddamn point like i mm-hmm. like or is it just like oh he is a scary ai without feeling who's trying to make paper clips which is still scary right but not i it that's harder to criticize that's like oh whoever programmed this ai what the fuck <laughs> not ai what the fuck i don't know yeah where did he come from right and go? Okay, I won't finish that. Where did he come from face all Joe? Um Okay, I do want to talk about chat GPT. Okay. Have you used it? Um I haven't really. Ben's been Ben used it yesterday. He wanted it to write uh the rules for wingspan in iambic pentameter, and it wrote a nice little <laughs> That's poem. Great. It was oh pretty it was pretty solid. That's um, pretty great. And he made it write me a bedtime story about how to not be stressed so that was nice oh that's cute <laughs> how to not be stressed yeah it was just sort of i don't remember what the overarching theme was but like kind of you know let go or something have you messed with chat gpt i have it's not going to sound as like useful probably <laughs> okay. um <laughs> well, <laughs> well first first i wanted to see if it could write my summary for me um nice. which it can't because apparently it doesn't know anything about who Wildbow is or anything like that. So <laughs> I was like, well, I guess I could have like, I was like to, to write a, to have it write a summary I'd have to write a summary for it to write a summary. <laughs> so that would be pointless. <laughs> so then I just decided, um, I, have you heard of the, the Olive Garden thing? I don't know. Olive Garden. Okay. Like it's like someone said they, what is it? I think this is when, um, I think this is chat GPT or something similar, at least someone said that they like fed, like, um, like forced an AI to watch like a thousand hours of all, all garden commercials and like come up with, one. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, let me see here. I'm just going to see if I can find a couple snip like excerpts. Cause it was hilarious. Okay. So it's like a writer forced a bot to watch over a thousand hours of all garden commercials and then asked it to write one. And so, um, I'll read a couple of these. So it's like, Olive Garden restaurant. A group of friends laughs at a dinner table. A waitress comes to deliver what could be considered food. <laughs> waitress, pasta nachos for you. We see the pasta nachos. They're warm and defeated. <laughs> Friend one, the menu is here. Waitress, lasagna wings with extra Italy. We see the lasagna wings. There's more Italy than necessary. 
and two, I shall eat Italian citizens. Waitress, unlimited stick. We see the unlimited stick. It is infinite. It is all. <laughs> yeah. It's just so weird. Like, that's awesome. I do wonder if those are AI like or if those are people, yeah, like writing them. It might be. I, I feel like it might be fake, but it's still funny. And I'm going to really read the funny. second part here. Just, yes, just like, friend three, leave without me. I'm home. Waitress, gluten classico from the kitchen. We the gluten classico. We believe the waitress that it is from the kitchen. We have no reason not to believe. Friend four <laughs> says nothing. Friend one, what is wrong, friend four? Friend four says nothing. Friend two, friend four, what is wrong, friend four? Friend four smiles wide. Her mouth is full of secret soup. Announcer uh, within a wet voice, Olive Garden, when you're here, you're here. <laughs> you're here. <laughs> so I don't know if it's fake, but like it, I mean, it's really funny. It's pretty good. <laughs> so I just want to, so like I decided I wanted to see what it would say about an Olive Garden commercial. And uh, it actually just wrote like a pretty good, like pretty legit, pretty like standard. Olive yeah it was like yeah this is definitely just a normal olive garden commercial nice. um i think what is it i also put uh write a short story about olive garden <laughs> it said uh once upon a time there's a small town on the outskirts of the city the town was peaceful the people were kind-hearted one day a new restaurant opened up and it was called olive garden the townspeople were excited about the new restaurant and eagerly made their way there to try out the food it was beautiful with dim light lighting and rustic italian decor there's Freshly baked bread and spices filled the air. Yada, yada, yada. People were amazed. Food was delicious. Uh, <laughs> the night wore on. The restaurant began to fill up. The sounds of laughter and conversation filled the air. Uh, the wait staff was excellent. Um, the people of the small town soon made Olive Garden their go-to spot for a night out. They loved the warm atmosphere, delicious food, and friendly staff. Olive Garden had become more than just a restaurant. It had become a gathering place for the community. <laughs> Years passed. And Olive Garden remained a staple in the town. It had become a symbol of the town's warmth and hospitality, and the people were proud to call it their own. The restaurant had become a part of their story, a chapter in the town's history that would be remembered for years to come. I don't know that that's really, there's not really like a, a narrative. It's just like no, a good it's restaurant just like, opened and everyone was happy. Everyone's happy. But and that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, I also just typed in apple pie recipe, and like it came up with like a pretty legit sounding apple pie recipe. I did a uh, Dursley's Save Harry because I saw something about on Reddit um, that said they put into chat um, where Harry got saved from Voldemort with a sniper. And so <laughs> I just thought it'd be, I don't know, it was fine. And then my favorite one that I put in was just uh, Cotton Candy Tornado. I just typed that to see what it would say. So it said, a cotton candy tornado is a whimsical term that refers to visual phenomenon where candy, cotton candy is spun around in a vortex-like pattern, creating the illusion of a miniature volcano. This can happen naturally in windy conditions, or it can be created artificially using special mas machines that spin the cotton candy at high speeds. That is Wait, did it say miniature volcano? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say volcano? I, I meant to say tornado. <laughs> okay, I was like, whoa. No, sorry. That, that <laughs> would be thinking exciting. outside the box. <laughs> Ooh, I could put cotton candy volcano next Ooh. that would be exciting um then just like yeah process of making cotton candy involves heating sugar spinning it rapidly to create thin strands of sugar as the strands are spun they cool and solidify creating the fluffy cloud-like texture of cotton candy when these strands are caught by a gust of wind they can be carried in a circular pattern creating the appearance of a mini tornado 
While a cotton candy tornado may be a fun and mesmerizing sight to see, it is important to remember that real tornadoes can be extremely dangerous and should be taken seriously. <laughs> if you live in an area prone to these, it's important to have an emergency plan in place. Well, anyway, that's so wholesome. It's very wholesome. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, ha- I'm having fun thinking of little little prompts, most of which are food related, as you've noticed. Um, that's fair. Food's fun. Food's fun. I should do a marshmallow one. Yes. I've been on a marshmallow kick. Yeah. Have you made any new ones since you told me about it? How many did I tell you I made? I don't know. You, it was There was a lemon. There was a, a, a rum, butterscotch rum. There was a vanilla? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was that batch. Okay. Yeah, guys, I've figured out you can make marshmallows, which is pretty sweet. Uh, Super cool. Uh-huh. I actually didn't even mean that as a pun. <laughs> so dumb. Um, I've made two other batches. <laughs> One was chocolate marshmallows, which they're really good. Although I coated them in like powdered sugar and cocoa powder, which I realized like oh, the after the fact. Powder. Well, I mean, they taste really good, but okay. you if you toast them, it becomes really bitter. So you can't toast them. Uh... But if you, it sounds weird, but if you put them in the microwave, they're so freaking good. Huh. like so damn good why does um, the microwave not fuck up the cocoa or whatever well because it doesn't like burn it doesn't t- like toast it like a flame okay does it just heats it up sure. it doesn't okay. cause the burning um and then the last one i made was red currant Ooh, yeah because we had that some pretty good we'd had some uh red currants uh frozen red currants that we gotten from the eastern european store in austin uh-huh. um that like we got forever and ever and ever ago we never used them for anything <laughs> so um but yeah i've had so many marshmallows but it's so good like i feel awesome. really fancy so do you yeah. you usually toast them and how did the red currant ones come out toasted those are really good Ooh. okay there's some of them that i've made at least are better on their own some of them are better toasted so vanilla is good anyway you want it because it's <laughs> vanilla butterscotch yeah. rum you really should toast it because it's really delicious and it's just not as good by itself. Lemon was kind of weird toasted. So I'd probably mm. it by itself. Um, chocolate by itself or in the microwave. Uh, and I don't know. Red currant was kind of good all the ways mm. as well. So you mentioned you were thinking about trying to do butterscotch without the like rum aspect. Have you done mm-hmm. that or? I have not because I only have so many places I can store marshmallows. (laughs) 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 Although the recipe says, because it doesn't involve any eggs. um, So it says like it, uh, as long as they're in an airtight container, you can store them for up to six months. Wow. That's part of why I was like, I can make like five batches because I mean, they're not going to go bad right now. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that's kind of neat, but I'm definitely, yeah, no, I'm, I'm for sure going to make more. That's exciting. Ben, the worst. What was that? Well, Ben, the other night, because you told us about this, um, I don't know, a week or so ago, and Ben, the other night, we were with some friends, and he was like, yeah, we recently learned how to make marshmallows. I'm like, no, we didn't. <laughs> 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 we were recently told that it's possible and that you heat some stuff up, and what? <laughs> like, no, that's not accurate. <laughs> so he's, That's yeah, he's really ex- funny. He's excited about the idea. We just, yeah. Yeah, no, it's cool. I mean, uh, the worst part about it is, like, in terms of, like, for one, I guess you have to just pay really close attention to, like, the temperature of the sugar, but Uh also just, like, gelatin just smells terrible. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. 
it smells t- like as it's mixed with like um i don't know hot like anything hot really like it it just smells awful it, it goes Ooh. away it's fine but like i'm almost tempted to try to see if i can make it with like agar agar just to not have to deal with the smell of it right would I mean, that be like vegan or whole yeah. marshmallow? yes so that could also be cool um yeah couldn't do butterscotch or at least the butter part of the butterscotch I oh. guess. um but i mean you could do like brown sugar or um yeah i mean you yeah could, you could definitely do vegan marshmallows yeah it's very doable so yeah it's exciting <laughs> yay <laughs> um what flavor would you make um i mean i'm really into vanilla things in general but oh i think i mentioned this i might like an almond would be fun that's right i remember you said that that would be good but fruit is really interesting as well um mm-hmm. i wonder if like a black currant would be good or like a like a guava i thought about yeah stuff too i was like oh shoot when i go back to to maui I should see if i can make some lilikoi marshmallows or something ah! <laughs> that'd be good It'd be fun. It'd be fun. We actually have some frozen black currants too. So mm. I was trying to decide between that and red currants and was like, eh, red's tartar, I think. But hmm. I'm literally making sugar stuff. So tart's good. Tart's good. <laughs> tart's good. Um, ben, sorry. Like, we learned how to make marshmallows. <laughs> no, we do it. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. It's okay. To try. I found that every, like, pretty much every person at work has a different favorite most people like the lemon one that i've talked to but like someone else thought it tasted kind of weird which i'm like fair enough but then some people like the uh chocolate one the best or some people Mm. i mean i don't know the only one i haven't brought them is the red currant Mm. yet because i just made it yesterday it's freaking delicious i love that one um anyway i'm talking about marshmallows a lot but they're like it's legit if i could just make as much money as a nurse like as i do as a nurse like making marshmallows which i don't know i'd consider it at least (laughs) (laughs) i'd consider it because it's really fun i like baking um Mm -hmm. i just i don't know if that really counts as baking because you're not actually baking anything it's just confectionery making a making candy it's i mean it's it feels like it feels very like i mean it's closer than like roasting like asparagus or something right so but um yeah and then i was thinking malia like because okay again i don't know what you guys decided for your wedding cake cake but and i know a lot this is controversial so you all can like just shut it but i recommend getting fondant and the reason the main reason is because if you don't your cakes might turn out drier um if you don't have that fondant on because i noticed my wedding cake was a little bit dry because they usually make it like the actual cake like a couple days ahead of time so that they hmm. can stack it and decorate and all that but also if you get a really good bakery they their fondant might actually taste pretty good because they use marshmallow fondant there's yeah, like i think that might be the one that they do okay because i've had that once it's like a- another wedding i was invited to and it was fucking delicious so all you fondant haters may not have tried the marshmallow fondant because that shit's delicious um i mean it's sweet as hell (laughs) but um but it tastes it's like marshmallow like deliciousness Mm -hmm. um so i would recommend that i don't know if you're planning on doing that but it might make your cake like not dry so yeah i might reach out to her about it um peer pressure peer pressure because i mean you could always just take the fondant off and not eat it if you don't want to but i think it 
keeps it more moist. Because I had wished uh, after that, I was like, oh, shoot, we should have gotten fondant <laughs> just for that. <laughs> but, um, but like if you make, but you can make fondant from marshmallows. And so if you make homemade marshmallows and then you make fondant from your homemade marshmallows, that's got to be like next level, level fondant, right? <laughs> Probably. That's got to be like the best fucking fondant ever, <laughs> I would think. So, um, which may, <laughs> who knows, maybe you can't, there might, there's probably like only a certain level you can really get to with fondant, but mm. I don't know. Maybe excited to think about that. Yeah. I get excited about food. Everyone should can ask tell. my baker. Yeah, you should. All right. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Going back to the actual story that does not involve marshmallows or candy or food right now. Right um, now, yeah. You were talking um, about Star Trek and about Faisal being like fucking weird. Being a paperclip AI. Yes. Um, He's just so sanctimonious. I don't even know. Like, he's... So... Uh, when we first encounter him in this chapter, he's like at a vantage point, but not a high one because he's not a cool angel. And so he gets a lower tier vantage point is what I uh, gathered from this. Um, and he's just thinking a lot. And he's like, I really miss creating just my pure existence was like enough to like, like make all these narratives and inspire all this amazing shit and and then men showed up and they fucked us over um because like number one we became reflected in their thoughts and behaviors so like we changed and we became intelligent and that you know whatever and fuck that fuck the change change i don't like it um change is hard change is hard it's relatable (laughs) but he so i thought it was interesting that he was like so it seems like angels existed first, but humans really did shape the shape them. Um, and like, does this support the idea that the practice revolves around humans? Um, again, thinking of Avery and her conversation with the Page of Sons, like, like I don't want it to just be like humans are the epitome and everything else is like here to like serve us or whatever. I think it's interesting thinking like humans have this like characteristic that warps shit around them. Um, in the way that like we did with angels, according to Faisal, like that's interesting. Um, but yeah, is it like do spirits just think we're really fun, and so they kind of twist things to be like us? Do did we manifest spirits? Like, what is going on in terms of humans' influence on the practice? I guess the the magical system in this universe because it seems hardcore. Um, there's also this weird thing where. So it it seems like the angels aren't totally sure what's up with demons in terms of like how they came to be. Um, they talk about man creating its own demons, so maybe they manifested some of them. But um, I think Faisal's friend or something talks about how maybe demons have existed, like maybe they've existed forever as well. Um, and I don't really know what to do with those thoughts, but that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's it's this whole part was like very Lord of the Rings feeling. Um like the the idea of like ages of different beings, right? Like the angels then the men then the demons seems to be this trajectory um creation, change and destruction. Um but it reminds me of the way Middle-earth is created, right? I think I talked hmm. about this. Yeah, um, I think you did. 
another time face all was sort of discussed but the idea of like just these beings in this like vast beautiful landscape like forming rivers and just sort of like you know running around in their like beauty and awesomeness doing cool shit um and i mean a difference is that like um morgoth melkor the like bad guy the was very present in that point and melkor isn't like truly destruction i think he's more of a change agent he can't like destroy the song he can only fuck with the song in a way that iluvatar god like still makes harmonious um Hmm. whereas the other verse seems to be like there's angels and there's demons and they're kind of these opposing forces and we don't know what's up um we don't know if there's like something controlling it we don't know what the plan is we don't have a sense of exactly what's happening we just know like these are our roles and entropy is inevitable (laughs) Um, and like does that have to do with like the heat heat death of the universe or something like why are demons stronger like why is the destruction of all things inevitable um does it yeah does it tie into the idea of the big bang and the heat death of the universe and those sorts of things. Um, or just that everything is like always trying to find an equilibrium. And hmm. Yeah. I feel like like men, quote unquote, are more like the equilibrium, like the the change aspect mm-hmm. as opposed to like everything will end and be destroyed and be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, that feels like an extreme end of stuff. Uh, it does sound pretty extreme. Yeah pretty hardcore yeah and i i mean i also like don't like thinking about space space is really scary i don't like thinking about like the fact that our sun's gonna explode or whatever like i don't like thinking about god like like asteroids and meteors and all that shit those are like scary and i don't like it and so maybe i just don't accept this concept of everything is going to end very well um something something a metaphor for a person's life and how we're born and then we grow and change and then we die Mm -hmm. um and how we don't like thinking about death and we don't like confronting that reality and maybe it's fine it just is the way things are and it's whatever like maybe Mm -hmm. face all is (laughs) this is gonna sound stupid i'm sorry jenny maybe face all is as i just talked to you for like (laughs) 10 minutes about like cotton candy tornado in olive garden <laughs> i think you're okay <laughs> you don't like, have to apologize for being stupid <laughs> well maybe face all is as like makes as much sense as like healthcare. in which case face all makes a lot of sense <laughs> like everyone's gonna die and that means you know i guess sort of like the demons are gonna win like you if you are a universe right the angels create you you change a bunch when man hang out and then the demons win you fucking die right Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that we should never try to mend a person and help them extend their life and Hmm. whatever and so maybe face all is the healthcare system i honestly think it's i think everyone's gonna think it's really funny that you're the one that like came up with that (laughs) yeah but i mean i can kind of see that that makes sense because like yeah i mean everybody's gonna die someday but like that doesn't mean you should just be like okay i guess we're not doing anything for you because you're gonna die anyway someday. 
like, right. You know, um, even if you're, I mean, well, this is, I don't know. I don't necessarily think this is the, a, a great thing ne- for in most cases, but like even patients that are like in their nineties, um, like eighties and nineties will still have like procedures done to try to prolong their life. Like, uh, having feeding tubes placed or having, uh, I don't know, getting, getting biopsies done to check for cancer and certain things like that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, depending on how old you are, um, not even just how old you are, but how good your health is. Um, I think some of those things we probably shouldn't do mm. just in terms of uh, ethically. The cost benefit analysis. Ooh, Jenny, this is great. Cost this benefit? Is- uh, that's not, not even where I was going with that. but um, Right. Well, inter- not, not like of society's cost, but your own personal cost of like, is me going through this procedure and recovering from it worth the yes. extra year and a half of sort of suffering? Exactly. And a lot of um, times if you're in that position, your family's a lot of times your family's going to be either pushing you to do it or they're mm-hmm. going to be making the decision for you. Mm-hmm. And it's out of the love of their heart most of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it, a lot of times it you might not see be that. the thing that you it, it's yeah. not it, it doesn't necessarily always improve quality of life. Um, right. It's not always the kindest thing to do. Um, but that's the difficult that's a difficult topic to <laughs> to right. speak with people about, you know. Right. And yeah, to be clear, I didn't mean like this will cost the hospital too much money okay. or whatever. <laughs> I just wanted Sorry. to make sure I was like, shoot, I hope I didn't come across like that. Like, no. ah, yeah, they're old already, so we don't want to spend our resources. No, no, no. That's yeah, that's, that's, that is not what I meant. <laughs> I meant like, yeah. I was like, damn, that's like really fucking cold. Holy shit. Right. Um, no, 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 yeah, no, no, no. Like how dad, dad always said he didn't want to go through dialysis. Like, yeah. Um, because like even though you know that helps people live and survive it really changes how your whole life is and dad didn't think it was worth it Mm -hmm. and Um, there are a lot of people that it is worth it to do um not we're not saying if you guys are gonna get on if any of you are getting on dialysis like it's worth being dead instead (laughs) no yeah yeah but like i have a lot of patients i take care of with dialysis and they are all doing fine but it is it, it can be really difficult on you as well um and yeah no i mean and that's it was really difficult that's part of that's like a big reason that like i mean we could have tried to do things to intervene with like dad um Mm -hmm. and we could have tried to do things to prolong his life but it would not have been what he would want um and it would not have been a good quality of life and so um and that's a very difficult choice to have to make um especially with someone you're you love um because you don't want to feel like you know you're letting them go um right but it's just you want to do what's going to be best for them and what they would want um but yeah and it's it's hard but it's also like kind of an individual choice i feel like for mm-hmm. you know like my friend's mom has uh cancer um mm-hmm. and it seems like a bad one um, and that it's progressing quickly. I mean, I don't really know. Do you know what kind? Cancer. Um, yes, except I forget. <laughs> I, I remember it sounded hardcore. It's it it sounded like the name for skin cancer, but it wasn't that, and it was hardcore. Um, let's go look. Something by like melanoma. Um, mul- uh, multiple myeloma? myeloma. Yeah. Mm. Um, and she. Uh, doesn't want to do chemo and stuff. Um, yeah. And yeah, she's not like super old or whatever. Like, um, I think it's a hard, 
her I think it's hard on a lot of her family members that she doesn't want to go through that, but yeah. she might be looking at it and, you know, kind of be saying like this isn't worth it. Like living like this isn't worth it. Mm-hmm. I I don't blame her for that. Chemo's very very hard. Um and yeah. Uh, yeah, depending on how fast it's progressing and yeah, the type of cancer and how far along it is and all that stuff. Like um, sometimes the treatment is going to almost be, well, yeah, it's not going it, to, sometimes it won't help your quality of life. Sometimes it'll just be kind of awful. So I don't blame her for that. Um, right. I know in some, was it, there's some states that like um, do like, are there some places that do like euthanasia, right? I'm trying to think like. Yeah, I feel like some places in Europe have places in Europe, but suicide. Like the UK famously does not. Um, mm-hmm. I think Oregon might allow it. Yeah, so it's. I think. Okay, I guess maybe I don't know what the difference between these is. It's like euthanasia is currently illegal in all fifty states. Assisted suicide is legal in ten jurisdictions in the U.S. So it looks like Washington, f- D.C., and the states of California, Colorado, Oregon, Vermont, New Mexico, Maine, New Jersey, Hawaii, and Washington. Oh, that's interesting. I know that. I'm pretty sure the difference is who administers the medicine. Um, I think that hmm. euthanasia is the doctors administering the medicine, whereas um, assisted suicide is. The doctor is like, you know, prescribing whatever to you, but then you have to take it yourself. Um, okay. I think it's the difference. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess. Well, anyway. Yeah. So, but I think that that would be kinder a lot of times if we would let people do, um, at least for certain things like cancer or, or yeah, just so like pancreatic cancer or certain things where like it's, you're, you're going to have a very painful death um mm-hmm. it's much nicer and kinder to let them go uh when they want i think yeah but uh, we got a ways to go in this country i mean we got to do a lot of good things but got a lot of work to do but mm-hmm. especially nowadays <laughs> um anywho let's move on this uh really uh well, happy oh go ahead well i had a thought that i'm trying <laughs> to see i don't want to say something insensitive but you can the idea out. that face all is no. trying to <laughs> well you can tell me if it sounds really shitty the idea so face all is trying to extend the life of the universe at any cost mm-hmm. um like face all is working with a demon and condemning a town um to maybe eventually kind of kill that demon and is this sort of like is Mara called humanity a cancer, I think. Um, and like maybe, you know, a more apt thing would be thinking of Barbatorum as some like horrible disease or something. But like is Faisal tr- like using methods that are going too far and aren't worth it or something? Like the universe is so much bigger than like this tiny little town and these little people and like their little lives. Mm-hmm. But maybe this is going beyond the bounds of medical ethics or doing something that is like like too fucked up. But I feel like in order to have ethics, you almost need to be able to feel things about things, you know? Mm. And he's Faisal's just like, well, this is going to happen. It is what it is. I mean, I feel like the most we've seen him <clears throat> excuse me. I feel like the most like emotion we've seen is him getting kind of irritated but like 
besides that. See, and that to me, it's like, no, you you do have something, Faisal. Yeah, you I know you're full of it. This. You do want, ugh, mm-hmm. whatever. But I don't know if I wouldn't necessarily call him ethical, you know. So I don't think he would give a fuck. Sure, sure, sure. But it just like if the metaphor is, you know, um, you know, in this case, the universe is like a person's life. Is this like doing something? outside the bounds of medical ethics or even just like outside the bounds of what this person would want to extend their life um, i don't know i mean that's kind of a hard cause, well because like the universe is fucking huge right earth is very 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 tiny in comparison right. so frankly like no it probably like wouldn't be uh just in terms of the scale of things at least right it's but more it depends like on how many room. other places are yeah. uh affected by like demons and how far that's going to spread across the universe and all that but like i mean in terms of that standpoint i mean the whole fucking universe being destroyed versus like a town yeah i feel like but it's not gonna stop the universe from being destroyed but it's gonna prolong the life just like for a person right so it's like right. if you, even if you like talk about someone uh someone's diabetic they have a foot injury don't notice it because they can't feel anything in their foot gets very infected uh gets gangrenous um have to cut off part of the limb to save themselves sure some people do choose not to do that most people will choose to cut off their limb because mm-hmm. they think it's worth saving <clears throat> themselves but you know they're going to cut off that i mean and the earth to the universe that's a that's not even a limb that's like a mole <laughs> you know like they're going to get that little bit removed um right but i just yes but also what face hall's doing seems super fucked up of course it's fucked up we're not <laughs> we're not arguing about that of course <laughs> it's fucked up but you're saying in terms of like what the universe I'm just trying to figure out like know. is face all right i guess like is is it right is it worth doing this thing to maybe like bind this demon more or is this too far and I mean, I think to him it is worth it because like you're saying, AI making paper clips or whatever, (laughs) like he is trying to do his fucking job. And that's the only thing that's important to him. He doesn't give a fuck about like if it's gonna hurt somebody, like or he doesn't care. That's why he's working with a damn demon. Like he doesn't he it's not ethical. He's not one to ask that type of a question, you know? Mm -hmm. Because he doesn't have he's not human. I, I know what you're saying, but I'm just like no, I don't think it's right, but I don't think he cares. I don't think that would change his mind. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. <laughs> it's fascinating. All right. Um. Well. Uh. Emotionless. Uh. You know, really task oriented. Face all goes and hangs out with his bro. Ooh. Um. Face all seems to have um problems with sensory overload. Uh. I don't know if that's the right way to describe it, but like being around humans he's like they're so loud i can't do this <laughs> like there's so much um which is kind of funny um mm-hmm. but yeah we see this this town uh you know all these people um they're described as having a rich brown skin um there's tourists of all different skin colors i'm kind of trying to figure out like where is this uh i don't know um but the, you know, this place isn't doing super, super, like, the balcony is decaying and whatever. And it's like, 
is it noticeably decaying to a human or is it just because you're like an angel and you notice all this crap? Um, but yeah, he's in the form of a cat, which I thought was an interesting choice just mm-hmm. in terms of we yeah. always see him in he's dog form. Dog. Right. Yeah. And um, before this, he chose like wolf and crap like that. Um, it's also funny that he chooses to be a dirty cat. Um, I guess like a like a shining white cat might draw some attention, but also mm-hmm. like I think it comments on what he thinks of cats. <laughs> I was like, he's dirty, but like, if you look at him, you're like, oh man, he'd be fucking gorgeous without the dirt. (laughs) Right. It's like, okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, And we see uh, something that Faisal does to try to make more paper clips. Um, He makes it a little bit harder for these dudes to pick up garbage. Uh, If he does that a bit more, like, It'll accumulate. Rats will show up. The monsters will be like, hey, the rats are up there. It's probably fine. And then the goblins will be pissed about that and they'll fight. And so then the practitioners will step in and like weaken them, but not totally destroy them. And then Faisal might step in to like weaken the human practitioners. And somehow this will help things. <laughs> somehow this will help things. Um, Showing how, yeah, Faisal's willing to... to make things worse to ultimately lead them to be better theoretically. Hmm. Um, so yeah, we meet Aerith or Harith or Ferith. Um, I don't, I was listening to the audiobook when I was taking my notes and I couldn't quite catch it, but we meet this dude. He's a angel of the third choir, I think. Um, yeah. Cause he's, he's into buildings. It's into buildings. <laughs> it's, it's, that's his whole world. Um, and, they talk about humanity and how they're not sure if humanity is like a threat or not. Um, if they should like, you know, encourage humanity or destroy humanity or whatever, like what are humans good and helpful? Um, and how they don't know, they don't know what, I don't know, the greater cosmic plan is or something like they don't, they don't know, but the humans are, you know, not nearly as bad as the demons. The demons are the ones that are really bad and we should stop them. Yeah. Um, we won't be able to, but we should try. We should give it a good old try. <laughs> right. We should do something. Um, <clears throat> and so apparently, you know, Aerith is like, hey, I'm really busy and you're over here not doing shit. So can you do me a favor or something? Like two problems have arisen in one place and you should go deal with them. And I wonder like how, like angels seem very decentralized. Um, I guess demons are too, with the exception of maybe like the lawyers and stuff. But like, this is just some random angel kind of coming up and being like, Hey, help me out. Like it's not face all receiving orders from some sort of like established hierarchy. There's not like, like I would expect him to talk to other angels of his own choir and stuff, but this is just mm-hmm. sort of a casual, like, Hey, we've note someone has noticed that there are these problems yeah um and i i don't know i found that kind of interesting it kind of ties into the whole like they don't understand what's going on universe wise thing Mm -hmm. um and this part reminds me of like good omens have you seen or read good omens Mm -mm. um not yeah i i recommend it watching it there's um a mini series on amazon um it's um david tenet and Michael, I want to say Michael Sheen, um, 
as like basically the stars, but it's a uh, Terry Pratchett and um, Neil Gaiman book is what it's mm-hmm. based on. Yeah, Michael Shane. Um, and it's so funny, and it's it's just sort of like a kind of a satire about Christianity. Um, but there's like loads of angels and loads of demons, and they're all like working and trying to like make certain things happen, and like you know win the big war after the apocalypse and you know crap like that mm-hmm. but they don't seem to have like direct connections to god and so they're just sort of like we don't know like the ineffable plan like they don't actually know what that is um, yeah and it kind of reminds me of like this like there's just a bunch of these beings running around like not really sure what they're doing um but like trying to follow these imperatives i don't know um but conveniently this small canadian town has both a demon and a reckless practitioner fucking and, perfect uh you know two birds one stone we can we can make we can figure this out that's right <laughs> does ben get offended by that phrase oh interesting i'll ask him about it all right <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks i'm just curious about that cool yeah okay so he ends up meeting 15 year old johannes who gets the hell out of there um this was exciting he's about to start his domain ritual he's got some some allies there um including the rat fairy which fascinating um and he's like you know i'm the piper the sorcerer the vagabond um and it it feels presumptuous to declare yourself a sorcerer at 15 um one of the things i wish we'd learn more about johannes was how he got to this point because he's he's like i was born into the practice like i've been doing this since forever but also i have like no family no connections no anything yeah and i'm like how the fuck does that work um how like the bahames are born into the practice like the you know like all these other people right and like he seems to sort of be like no i've been a practitioner since birth which is bananas and I don't know if that's just, like, a weird thing about Johannes that we will never learn or if it's, like, a fun key to unraveling the story. But um, it's weird how he's really good at this, but also has, like, no, seemingly no connections to uh, much in the practice. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so if it's, or Johannes is going to do something shady and do this domain ritual in a way that he can gain a huge area of land without a ton of people noticing. Mm-hmm. And um, Faisal is like, no, absolutely not. And Johannes is like, oh, come on. Like, this is the first week of summer break. Like, all those fucking families are off vacationing with their fucking kids. Like, come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I love that. Like, like um, I think last week was spring break and... um. I could tell it was just a little bit slower at the courthouse um, with people presumably like traveling and whatever with and uh-huh. doing stuff with their family. It was just kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's there. He has his laptop. Um, he has his, you know, he's all ready um, to do the thing. And he's like, okay, just kidding. I'll do it later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Faisal's like, no, you will not do it at all. Um, and so Johannes is like, I'm going to run away now. He tells the rat fairy to attack and Mm -hmm. like, I don't know what to do with this person in the 
in the scale of the Wild Bow Otherverse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because it's a rat-themed fairy. Um, mm-hmm. And I, like, that feels like that could be summer, like Dark Summer. Or mm-hmm. maybe Dark Fall. But then he's like, it's a winter fairy. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Maybe it's a, like, Dark Summer, Dark Fall fairy who got so obsessed with rats that they just like they were like i am the rat fairy like this is my whole (laughs) existence like they like fell to winter because they were so into rats um yeah i couldn't do much else with maybe yeah which seems like really ridiculous but cool i this is the first time in pact pretty sure that we have uh reference to the courts as being related to seasons um and I just thought it was fascinating that it like did not align with what I thought this would this rat fairy would be at all because mm-hmm. like just the idea of a rat fairy like screams goblin um yeah <laughs> I guess or so. maybe dark summer I don't know what is dark summer it's fine dark summer dark dark fall or at one of the darker spots yeah one of the creepy spots one of the um but yeah so Johannes's friends or whatever sort of not really with this fairy because he has the pipes and they control rats and so he you know also blows on the pipes and gets them to swarm face all and he's running and he realizes like oh face all killed them all great <laughs> so he's on the run he's on the run so johannes shoots face all in the chest and face all gets kind of pissed off <laughs> face all experiences an emotion um this was pretty f- funny this was really clever i yeah the idea that you know he had to set all these things up and really plan and try to make this domain ritual work and the balance between having powerful things that would really work against threats but but not too specific because then that would leave big holes mm-hmm. um so this room is a trap because he He's drawn this diagram that you can't see without, I think, a black light or something, and it will bind the bullet that he has in his gun, um, which is just, like, really cool and brilliant. And mm-hmm. this this section, some of this stuff reminds me of, like, some of the stuff that Wildbo does in, like, the parahuman stories in terms of, like, different powers with freezing things in place and uh, people who like rats, and that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the idea that, like, he shoots face all and then binds the bullet that's inside his body in place um, just to make it, you know, a little bit more, a little less convenient yeah. and realizing that like, yeah, if he can physically lodge this bullet into something, he can like hold, you know, a lot of different types of things in place for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's interesting here how, you know, bullets don't destroy bullets change. Um, like, how many things in this universe actually destroy? Like, not many. Demons. Like, demons. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> Pretty much it. And that's fascinating. Um, but yeah, this was really cool. Um, he uh, meets up with the angel a bunch of different times and has, like, ran around. Uh, eventually gives up on even trying to start the ritual. Um, but this connection that's forming between them allows him to kind of anticipate what face all might do and that's fun um yeah yeah so face all ends up watching as johannes goes into the closet <laughs> that's one way to phrase that um i, don't know. <laughs> I thought it was funny 
Um, so Johannes summons some vestiges, vestiges to um distract face all, throw them off. Um, he puts his blood into them and tells them to scatter. And so presumably this made it slightly harder for face all to figure out where he was. Um, and he finally is able to start his ritual. Um, and you know, he's in this tiny little closet and you're thinking like, okay, this kid has kind of given up and is only taking this fucking closet, but you know that he takes more because you know, yeah. So, so that was, you know, surprising and confusing, but he starts doing his ritual and he claims only the places and spirits as far as the reach of my voice. And the fun trick is that he's like, you know, a millennial practitioner or, or Gen X practitioner or whatever and knows things about technology and has installed speakers all over <laughs> this place and turned them down as low as he could manage it without it, you know, well, for it so that it'll still work and makes his claim. And, you know, he's like, I don't have a bloodline i'm not gonna have kids like i want this to be a sanctuary and it'll go away when i die or whatever and um i mean that's maybe helps with a non-aggressive aggression sort of thing but it's interesting in terms of like if he's trying to do this big thing and change up the practice like why not try to keep it around after you die i don't know Mm. um but so most people didn't really hear or didn't really understand um i'm wondering how this affects the like physical call that people feel um because presumably you know when matthew when verona you know when these people do their domain claim like all the people around can feel it um Mm -hmm. and we explicitly know that this one is weird and i guess something about like maybe like his voice was technically audible in all those places so the spirits didn't feel like they had to like do mental pings off of people um or something as much Mm -hmm. um but this was cool um and yeah so johannes managed to 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 make his claim and he's still gonna have to fight a little bit because the goblins under the bridge um did hear him and are on their way so super bummer that sucks (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's right. It sucks. So Faisal ends up making a deal with Johannes. And as Malia kind of talked about in his millennial ways, Johannes cheats the system. <laughs> Probably not millennial. I don't know. I'm thinking it might be Gen X. Gen X. Yeah. But yeah, so the goblins fucking beat the shit out of him. Um, He gave his eye to one of them. Um. His arm might be need to be amputated. His leg is really fucked up. Like, he's not doing well. But he's alive, and he's dealt with all of the, uh, you know, uh, contesters or whatever they're called. Um, and Faisal decides he's not going to try to contest this as long as Johannes promises to never tell anyone how he did this um, and to take him as familiar. So that's fun. So he finishes his claim. He has marked out, you know, exactly where his speakers were, where his voice led to. Um, it's a big fucking area. And he claims it. Um, and that was fun. Yeah. That's pretty smart. Yeah. So we end the flashback. We come back to current times. And Faisal uses his familiar connection to his advantage. Uh, um. So Faisal talks about how he 
anticipated Johannes's failure. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what failure he's referring to. Maybe something about the Lord claim and how stuff would get sucked down into the abyss or something. Um, and so he's used the situation to his own ends and he doesn't give a shit about Johannes and he takes over Johannes body, mind and spirit. Um, and that's fun. <laughs> and, you know, face all is kind of like, well, at this moment they can kind of get out of this house and get out of this, you know, sinking into the abyss. But I am a angel of the seventh choir and I deal with paths and I am the gatekeeper and I will keep them from getting out. So Thanks a lot, fun. bro. Yeah. It's a real dick move there. Yep. It's a real big sloppy dick move there. <laughs> it's a real Charles move. Real Charles move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All fun right. Times. Fun fun times. So we are at the end of the arc. Woo! All right. So what does CNADA mean? Yeah, so as a reminder, it means without day in Latin. Um it is used to mean like indefinitely. In a legal context, uh, usually you adjourn sine die, um, so adjourn indefinitely. Um, it's interesting that, like, it's not entirely true that this arc was without day. Like, Blake explicitly is standing in sunlight at one point during this arc. But um, the town is without day in this arc, and um, I don't know, they're fucked indefinitely. I'm not entirely sure if there's a deeper <laughs> meaning than just, like, the Baham stop time. Isn't that fun? But, um, yeah, it was fun. All right. And definitely fucked <laughs> without day. Also was the, the rat fairy just in the dark court, you know? Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. That's Maybe true. That. Sunless. Sunless. And they're going to the abyss and that's CNADA. Mm-hmm. CNADA. <laughs> Every time, man. Just. All right. So where do we think this is going? Uh, seems like it's an abyssal three beat. Fuck. We're going to the abyss and it's Barbie time, bitches. Barbie time, bitches. <laughs> He's a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. <laughs> All uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> We're going down. We're going down. Oh my goodness. Okay. So let's go to our appeal and comparison section. Yeah. Um, especially talking over this it just really strikes me how much johannes reminds me of verona um maybe it's a sort of sorcerer you know connection that they both are really interested in like all of the practice but he's just really clever um really creative uses like takes big risks um thinks outside of the box really is like thinking about changing up um how things are done um and finding like people's assumptions and different things and really like taking advantage of those things to uh gain power. Um Johannes I don't really agree with Johannes's whole like let's make a place where these vestiges are like tortured for fun or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I don't think he's like a bad person and I really think a lot of things about him are really cool and interesting and yeah, just this he really reminded me of verona um hmm. in this bit i don't know if you agree that's interesting i could kind of see that um both going on the sorcerer route very uh a lot of ingenuity mm -hmm. don't seem to be big at really good at fighting necessarily <laughs> mm -hmm. um 
I mean, she's good at fighting, but you know what I mean? Like, I feel like out of the three, she's more like in she's the like, back, like ops. Right. She's you almost never really going to like get into hand to hand combat with someone like she's done it. But mm-hmm. in general, yeah, it's um the big moves. And this like, you know, Verona essentially like made Kenneth found happen. Um, And people see that as like a huge what the fuck like thing. And like Johannes's domain is a huge what the fuck thing. Yeah, it's a huge what the fuck thing. Yeah. Um, And then I just kind of thought, you know, like, I feel like we've learned a decent amount about the familiar bond with Avery and Snowdrop and with Blake and Evan. But Avery and Snowdrop seem to be um, able to understand each other and have this like kind of connection mind link all the time. Mm -hmm. And... There's not a ton of, I mean, we don't see Johannes with Facefall as his familiar from his point of view. Um, so maybe there was more of a connection there with Johannes. But with Facefall, it's just sort of like, yep, that that man exists and now I have him. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, Facefall, I feel like Johannes should ask a couple more questions. Probably. <sighs> yeah. But he also was like on the verge of death, so. Yeah probably was like whatever that's a that's a future problem right god all right malia it is bolden specific prediction time yay (laughs) um so yeah so they're gonna i think they're gonna be in the abyss and i don't know i kind of see there being like maybe some sort of weird montagey thing where we see blake encounter like mags and we'll see like like Sandra will get have gotten sucked down there. Like we'll kind of see all these like, I mean, when they got sucked down to the abysses a group, or when they went to the abysses a group last time, they didn't all get like separated and stuff. So maybe this isn't really what would happen. But I'm I'm just sort of like, I mean, maybe it'll just be like we're here and we're running, and Blake and Rose are snipping at each other about how to best work with the barber. But also maybe they had come to some sort of revelation about how um they could work together. Uh. Uh, does Rose have the conquest mirror? Probably. That's interesting. Uh, okay. Bold and specific prediction. Uh, Blake is going to get out of the abyss again. All right. Or maybe he, fuck, maybe he won't. Maybe that's the three beat. Fuck. Fuck. No, he's going to get out. It's okay. Fine. Blake's getting out. Yep. Jailbreak. <laughs> Jailblake. There you go. <laughs> so stupid. Okay. <laughs> oh. Face is stupid. It's not. <laughs> it's not stupid. Okay. <laughs> All right. Our previous discussion question. What is your favorite enemies go to lover story? And we'll start with Jarl Zarl. Um, they say it's definitely red, white, and royal blue for me. When I first read it, I immediately reread it twice for a total of three times in one week. It's about the son of the U.S. president and a prince of England who are definitely nemesises. Nemesis. Nemesises. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> We're forced to a pretend to be best friends for the media situation that, spoiler, spoiler alert, gets a little out of hand. It's basically set in a AU where their version of Trump didn't win and is very emotional, but felt very real with its ups and downs while still being optimistic and having a happy ending. One of their favorite elements in it is definitely the excerpts of text slash group chats and letters slash emails that are sprinkled throughout that really make it feel like the friendships and relationships between the characters are bigger and deeper than what's just shown on the page. Oh, I love that. 
that sounds, sounds great. great. Yeah, that sounds really fun. Red, white, and royal blue. That's such a cute. Yep, love That's it. A great title. I love yeah. it. Um, our other discussion question answer is from Blake Tall, who asks, "Does Legolas and Gimli count? Because um, that's what they're going with. Not really enemies, not really lovers, but they overcame their mutual distrust and centuries, uh, parentheses, millennia of prejudice and hurt, and became such great friends with such deep and genuine respect for each other and their ways. Um, and yes, that totally is acceptable, and I love them. Um, that's great." And then puts a fun bonus that since it was St. Patrick's Day when they answered, uh, bonus shout out to all you Irish Catholic slash Protestant couples out there. <laughs> and I That's love great. that. That's amazing. All right. This week's discussion question. Do you have anything? I was thinking something about AI, like either mm. like put something into the AI and like tell us what comes out or like pretend you're like an AI responding to a prompt or something. That's fun. Um, okay. Because I was thinking related. something Barbie related. Like we know that the barber is. I'm just like thinking the barber is a demon barber. What would a Barbie demon look like? <laughs> I mean, like like Chloe or whatever that movie. Megan. I guess oh, she's probably I, not I a feel demon. Like be, no, she's not a demon. She's just a creepy like thing, little doll thing. Yeah. Little doll uh, thing. I like I like the AI. Pretend you're an AI, or put a prompt into AI. Yeah. What about like put a fun otherverse related prompt into an AI sort of thing, Chat GPT four, whatever, and let us know what comes out. And we probably should us- tell them kind of more than just a fun otherverse thing. <laughs> like, yeah, you guys come up with a discussion question and <laughs> and do it and do it. What about there? Like a poem or a song? How about a haiku? Okay, yeah. Haikus. I love that. Make get an AI to write you a an other verse related haiku. I think that sounds great. And share it with us. And then share. And let it. us know what your prompt was too, because I'm curious. Yes. I like it. Yeah. Because as Jenny has shown us, you'll probably can't just write write me an uh, I mean you could, but if you want it to be about like their prompts are gonna be packed. longer than the haiku. <laughs> yeah. Most likely. <laughs> all right guys thanks for listening if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please subscribe share it with your friends and leave a rating and review to support our podcast go to patreon.com slash doofmedia and if you'd like to support wildbow as he continues to write fantastic stories go to patreon.com slash wildbow you can follow the pod on twitter at pale comparison or send us an email at pale in comparison pod at gmail.com Keep an eye out for our Reddit thread in r slash parahumans, where you can answer our discussion question and share your thoughts on this episode. In addition, if you would like to see all of my predictions laid out, check out our episode description for a link to a prediction tracker. Next episode, we will be covering chapters 15.1 and 15.2. All right, this week's fun fact. Because it has become so good at recycling, Sweden now is importing 800,000 tons of trash each year from other European countries, including Norway, to power its waste to energy program. Burned waste powers 20% of Sweden's district heating, as well as electricity for roughly 250,000 Swedish homes. Damn. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Like, damn, well, they're yeah. importing trash. <laughs> like, because they're so good at it. Bring they us need... your trash. Yes. Like, shoot. <laughs> Feel free to take some of our trash. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe we should just like learn how to 
use that, that same waste energy yeah. program. Man, that would be great someday. Indeed. All right. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.